welcome to another Keel Hall podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of CFE's news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we're going to be talking all about the patch notes for CFE's for 2.1.1. That includes the new event that's going on in Reapers versus the Worlds. We're going to be talking about some comics with Comicsology and a new ship bundle in the Sea of Thieves ship logger app. All that more in this week's episode of Keel Hall Podcast. But before we get into any of this, we have to thank the patrons this episode. So shout out to Chateau Neuf, Cosmic Johnson, El Jefe Esteban, Lumpy, SRQ, Dub Dub Goose, Evil Morpheus, Regis Stella, Russ Belt Kid, TN Professor, Todd Meister, Big Bad Pad, Mina Ferry, CJ Superpack, Davrum TV, Fergatron, Frank F. Peterson, Captain Chaos, Kazia the Rogue, X- Xbox Mike 29, Tech Deku, Windsor Chris, Bentley Beaver, and Zam. Wow. Thank you all so much for all of your continued support. If you would like to join the Keelhauled Podcast Patreon, it's easy to do. Just head over to patreon.com forward slash Keelhauled Podcast. Join up, join the uh, Discord community server. We've got the uh, the server is free to join if you want, but there is a special channel for gold hoarders where you can talk to me directly and get some input or just have some conversation about anything that you guys want we're going to be doing the sea of thieves uh watch along i believe on the 15th uh i'm still debating on whether or not that's going to be open to the public or open to just the gold hoarders uh as i want to make sure that they're getting some value so that way they feel like they're getting you know some something other than just the ad free version and the call outs in the channel in the actual uh discord and show so thank you all for your support i appreciate it it means the world and it's actually helped me be able to get some new equipment. So if you don't know, the Patreons have helped support me enough to be able to get a new microphone, a really nice one. It's a Shure microphone, as well as a Go XLR mixer. I am now able to uh, be able to separate audio a little bit better. I'm able to get some sounders in here and to be able to get some good gate and compression on my microphone without having to do so much work in post to actually make the podcast come out. So what you're hearing should be a much better raw audio that's coming through as opposed to just constantly having to do all of these tweaks in uh in in adobe audition so that's thanks to the patrons they are helping directly support make this podcast better and because of that i want to make sure that they're getting their value out of that so thank you all so much let's get into the episode on today's docket let's dive into the show notes for or not the show notes i have the show notes we're talking about the release notes for patch 2.1.1 for sea of thieves this is kicking off the second portion of the reapers versus the world event uh the reapers have shifted their focus away from the gold hoarders and the order of souls have issued a rallying cry for the next fortnight sales as an emissary on behalf of the order of souls and tackle event specific goals to earn season two renown along with a range of rewards this is something that i am currently doing as we speak i am actually recording live on twitch and i'm sailing in a circle with a order of souls voyage down so that i can uh, get some mileages uh racked up while i'm recording so having fun with that but it's nice that we're getting a new event the gold hoarder was really fun i got that all taken care of except for uh one of the actual forts opening i still need to do that but i still have a lot of time to work on it and as we dive into the actual event this week uh the order of souls is going to be very similar to how you're actually working on the uh gold hoarder merchant so i'm getting into the the actual event right now uh first off hand in bounty skulls for the order of souls while flying the order of souls emissary flag that's five skulls that you need to turn in you also need to make sure that you reach rank five in the order of souls emissary that's grade five you also need to make sure that you are wearing the uh the the order of souls emissary company costume while you're actually an emissary so make sure you do that as well should be pretty easy to do on one thing make sure you're sailing under 10 uh under a order of souls voyage for 10 nautical miles that's what i'm working on right now and make sure that you just turn in enough gold to uh get twenty thousand gold for the order of souls uh the last thing is is defeat flameheart's fleet and his flagship the burning blade so this is one of those instances where everyone was talking about how they hate flameheart i did a poll recently on whether or not people uh disliked um not having crabs in the world uh mermaids popping at the wrong time or in the wrong place or flameheart and everyone unanimous almost unanimously agreed that flameheart was the worst so unfortunately <laughs> you're gonna have to go deal with flameheart this week uh or at least for the next 44 days uh to, to be able to do the order of souls section of that we're still waiting on the 
uh, Flags of Finance, which is the Merchant Alliance event. Uh, that's something that won't kick off until May 20th. And also, just as a reminder, if you want to get these special rewards as the emissary for, for Reapers, uh, you need to make sure that you turn in at least 10 flags to be able to get either the uh, Gold Hoarder hat, the Order of Souls hat, or the Merchant Alliance hat, depending on how many flags get turned in uh, based on which flag emissaries are turned in the most for this event. So we'll, we'll find out. Uh, you just need to make sure that you turn in at least three flag or 10 flags per uh, the, the Reaper's emissary. I've gotten three in right now out of my 10. Haven't really had a whole lot of time to play, unfortunately. I really wish that I did, uh, unfortunately. But the rewards for that uh, this this time are actually kicking open. So if you did pretty much everything in the last event with the Gold Hoarders, uh, this week you're going to, or this event, you'll actually be able to get the Order of Souls Spyglass. You won't be able to get the uh, Merchant Alliance until you actually wait until the 20th of May. And then once that's open, then you'll be able to get the Merchant Alliance compass and then the last uh event will kick open and you'll be able to get all 18 done if you get all 18 done that's when you'll actually get the emissary of excellence title next up i wanted to talk about the uh actual emissary rewards uh the ledgers have been reset and they're going to be going for another 22 days and with that i wanted to talk about how the actual emissary system is going to work so if you have uh been playing the game and you were taking part of the emissary uh quests and getting in the top uh, 25% for the ledger rewards, then chances are you probably already have the available rewards, the uh, sales for the different emissaries. Now, the way the system is going to work is there are new, uh, new actual emissary rewards available. And as long as you are getting in the top 25% for each period, then you'll earn the best rewards. Uh, subsequently, if you earn the uh the next tier down then you'll get those rewards and then the rewards below that and then the last tier has zero rewards for it once the ledger is complete you'll earn those rewards the ledger will reset and new rewards will actually become available afterwards and these are stacking so say you didn't get in the top 25% for reapers this ledger period then next ledger period you will then earn uh the opportunity to earn the rewards that you missed out on the last uh ledger time frame the way it works is that it stacks kind of the way that insiders works in insiders if you're playing the game every week you earn your hour then you work your way forward through the progression to earn the rewards and as long as you're on top of it you'll continuously unlock the new cosmetics that are in there every three weeks or every four weeks. Similarly with the emissaries, if you were earning the top 25% in each of the emissaries, you'll constantly be getting the best rewards each time that the emissaries uh, reset. If not, then you always have the next period to work on those cosmetics that you missed. So right now, the uh, current available rewards are the hulls for the uh, Reaper's hideout or for the Reaper's emissary. I would imagine that with the emissary uh, for, for Reaper's next month will be the figurehead and so on and so forth. So if you get into the top 25% this ledger period, then you'll get the hull. Next uh, reward will open up and you'll have the next ledger period to be able to earn those rewards and it'll just continue on from there. This is a much better system than if you missed out on a reward, then you totally missed out on being able to get those uh, rewards period. This way, if you miss a month or you don't quite get it and, and don't get the reward that you want, then you can always get the next rewards in the next period or the, those rewards in the next period. You'll just be behind a week. The one thing that I think has hurt the most in uh, insiders is that there's no way to, there's no catch up mechanic for the way that system works that we're going to be doing in this uh, system. So if I wanted to say play insiders for three hours one week and catch up that way, then I wouldn't be able to do so. I would actually have to just wait for the next weekly reset before I could earn that hour and get into the next reward. So hopefully that'll be changed. Hopefully they'll have a catch-up mechanic. It used to be that way. It used to be that if you played for more than an hour in the week for insiders, you would just start rolling into the next uh, reward tier. And it honestly, in my mind, there should just be a cap so that if you continuously play in the game and you are earning those rewards, then you should be able to catch up to where other people are with those cosmetics. 
Uh, it's not necessarily how long you've been committed to doing it each week, but how much time you actually spend in insiders to earn those rewards. With the ledger emissary system, it's a little bit tougher because each ledger time frame operates roughly around a month long period. Right now, as of recording, there's 22 days left in the actual ledger period. So hopefully you're taking a look at what ledgers you're working on, where you're at with each, and trying to get into the best tier for each of them. Um, that way you can earn the rewards for those and not be uh, a ledger period behind. Next up on today's docket, let's dive into the Pirate Emporium because as expected, they changed up some of the stuff that's in the actual uh, Pirate Emporium. The nice thing is, is that we did get a little bit of information about the Pirate Emporium, which is going to be a spring sale. Now, this is something that's going to be starting on May 27th. I don't know why May 27th and not now, but we did find out that they are going to be uh, offering a bunch of discounts for popular items uh, from the back catalog and to make sure that you drop by to check and see what's going on. The other thing that they did is that they offered a new bundle called the Wind and Weapon Pose Bundle. This is something that's going to be available through Xbox, Microsoft, and Steam stores. Uh, the bundle is going to contain the collector's Shining Pegasus figurehead, the Valiant Weapon Pose emote, along with 10,000, or no, excuse me, 1,000 ancient coins and 25,000 gold for use in the outposts. Uh, you're going to be able to pick these up. These are right now in, at least in the United States, they are $16.99 or $15.29 if you have Game Pass Ultimate. This is something that I typically pick up. But this is one that's kind of odd to me because this is, I think, the first time that I've seen them add a figurehead for the bundle. Typically, the bundles are going to be costumes, pets, emotes, things like that. Uh, I think this is the first time we've actually seen something that's part of a ship cosmetic, uh, something that I haven't really expected. But this uh, cosmetic set is something that is available in the game right now as well, too. So if you head over to the Pirate Emporium, then you'll be able to see that there is actually a Shining Pegasus collection. Uh, this is actually very interesting, just the way that they're actually setting it up. I think it's really beautiful. Uh, it's a lot of clouds, a lot of gold uh, wings. And of course, the figurehead is a Pegasus. And it's also got the uh, the Pegasus on the actual sails too, uh, especially if you get the collector's edition. It's really beautiful, kind of white, blue, and gold motif. It's not the not as nice, I think, personally, as the Dark Warsmith cosmetic set. I didn't really feel the need to pick this up, though it is interesting that we are getting a uh, Pegasus cosmetic set in the game before we get a Zeus cosmetic set in the game because the Zeus cosmetics are something that have been in the game uh, or at least designed for the game. We've seen the artwork in the art book and for whatever reason uh, Rare has still refused to put the Zeus figurehead and sails into the game. I don't know if they're building out the additional assets as far as like the cannons, capstan and wheel and uh, flag as well as the whatever weird sparking cannon flare they'll make for it that I refuse to buy and put on my ship. But needless to say uh, this is a welcome change to the Dark War Warsmith set. I think a lot of people who aren't into that dark aesthetic, like things a little bit lighter, we'll be looking forward to having this uh, Pegasus set. We've already had a unicorn figurehead, thanks to Jeff Bezos, uh, through Amazon Twitch Prime? Prime or, uh, yeah, I think it was Prime that we got it. Actually, I'm blanking now. We got the purple monkey, and I think we got the Pegasus figurehead, thanks to Twitch, which is owned by Amazon, and uh, thanks Jeff Bezos. So yeah, those are kind of what you can expect from there. Uh, there is a free dodgy deal emote available in the Pirate Emporium as well. Make sure you're heading over there and grab that just for the sake of getting free emotes, because why not? And of course, they've got a Valiant Weapon Pose, uh, which is just some different weapon poses for like your pistol. Uh, kind of a actually one of the flintlock ones is very Bond-esque. Uh, reminds me very much of the Roger Moore kind of uh, uh, PP7 to the camera through the the barrel. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, very much like that. Um, we'll we'll have to see if they continue down this track. I'm pretty sure a lot of these weapon emotes are some of the more popular ones. They haven't really moved back into the kind of action uh, emotes outside of uh, the, the I think the barrel emote was the last action-y kind of one that we got. A lot of people seem to be picking up the weapon emotes for poses and things like that. So glad to see it. 
Moving on from the Emporium, let's talk about Outpost Cosmetics. Uh, the topic of discussion, as always, something people want to understand better. What are they going to be able to get in the game without having to actually spend real money on it? This week, we've... Uh, well, I keep saying week. I don't know if it's going to be a week. I think it's going to be month, I guess, at this point. Uh, May 20th is when the uh, Emissary stuff starts for the merchant alliance but then again the ledger ends in 22 days so i'm still kind of confused on the timing of how things are going to unfold like are is the emporium going to change when we get the reset for the ledgers or when the next event portion goes live they haven't really said and it's kind of confusing on that uh so going back to the outpost cosmetics uh we got four uh three different sets that came in and a change to the actual archive which i'm very happy about uh the first set that came in was the azure ocean crawler set uh these are really beautiful bright uh, bright blue vibrant ocean crawler sets i actually really like them i just don't think i'll actually wear them uh the outpost shipwrights along with the clothing equipment and weapon shots now offer the azure ocean crawler set for purchase for gold uh the players must be able to obtain the hunter of trophy fish commendation to be able to unlock this set uh kind of a new way to add emphasis to the commendations again something i know We've talked about with Caleb and in the past it it makes sense that if you're going to be able to earn these you should be able to earn them through commendations uh, I just hope that they have a, a easy way to tell why or where that commendation is if you go to look for the cosmetics in the shop and can't understand why they're locked behind a commendation the next scent that I wanted to talk on is the black coat executive admiral set uh, this outpost set is now in stock and it's available for purchase with gold. A little bit more than the uh, Azure Ocean Crawler set. The Azure Ocean Crawler set is actually alongside the standard cost of cosmetics. The Black uh, Black Code Executive Admiral set, a little more expensive for gold, but not not like Dark Adventurer expensive. Uh, though that set actually I've got on right now. I actually really enjoyed this uh, cosmetic set. I think it's a, a beautiful addition to the Admiral set. The Admiral set's probably one of my favorite Admiral sets in the game. Uh, but having a black and gold version of that really does kind of lend itself well to the Pirate Legend uh, hook and peg leg. Uh, I just really love how it kind of gives you something. It's it's not all black, but it, the accents on it aren't so bright that it seems kind of out of place. Uh, really appreciate that. So that's kind of what I'm rocking with a little bit of uh, mixed in elements here and there to, to add some flavor to it. Um, the last thing that I wanted to bring up was the Wailing Barnacle Instruments. These uh, are available at the outposts. You can pick these up at the equipment vendor. Surprisingly, they're being sold for doubloons, uh, not something that's mentioned in the patch notes, but the doubloon cost for them is actually really cheap. So you're talking like five, 10 per item. I think the most is 15. Uh, I, I can't remember because I picked them up pretty, pretty easily. Didn't really even think about it. I would imagine that one or two Reaper's chests will be enough to be able to pick up the uh, the the instruments for the Wailing Barnacle set. Again, another set that looks really good. I actually really like it. Thinks, think it looks great. The one thing that I wanted to touch on that is interesting about the Outpost Cosmetics actually refers to the Black Market Archive. If you've been listening to the show for a while, then you already know how I feel about the Black Market Archive. I appreciated the fact that a lot of these cosmetics are things that came in with different events or that these were recolors that Rare wanted to showcase when they came out uh, in the game. The problem with that is when you are out of that event, where do you stick them? Because you want people to be able to find them. Well, the Black Market Archive was a way to kind of compensate for Rare backing down on not wanting to remove them from the game uh, because when they originally said that they were putting these in the game, they said that the Black Market was going to was going to showcase cosmetics that were going to come in and out of season and you wanted to pick them up and if you didn't then you would have to wait for the for when they came back into the black market well they backed down on that and just decided to put everything into an archive at higher costs as a way to try and mitigate the amount of gold that people were earning at the time. The problem was is that people just ended up buying all of it at once and didn't think much about the black market archive unless you weren't here originally when those cosmetics were put into the game. So my problem with this is that now you have an ever increasing amount of cosmetics in a place that doesn't make sense for cosmetics with Lorena and Duke. Now that Duke's gone, he isn't running the black market. 
it didn't make sense to have Lorena continuously hold on to these black market archive items because of familiar familiarity with uh, where you would normally find them. So that has been abolished, it has been retired, and no longer with Lorena. Uh, this has caused a little bit of confusion amongst people, but if you're looking for these cosmetics, just head over to the appropriate shopkeeper where you would normally go to buy any other cosmetic in the game. You'll find them there, and I can't thank Rare enough for correcting uh, a, a, a back a, a walking back on an issue that was originally designed to try and create a, a bit of FOMO with cosmetics to, to push people to use their gold to spend it. Uh, they didn't want to punish people for missing out on stuff, which I appreciated, but it became a problem. They fixed it. And I'm very much happier for for it, honestly, at this point. Um, there's a couple new updates that I wanted to jump into. Uh, new forts of fortune are now available. Originally, there was only a few forts that would actually spawn the Fort of Fortunes. Uh, the new ones now are the Sharkfin Camp, Sailor's Knot Stronghold, Lost Gold Fort, and Kraken Watchtower. All of those are now available to become uh, Forts of Fortune, similar to how they originally didn't have uh, the, the all of the forts active back in the day. Back in the day when we just had the regular Skull Forts, you could only get them at Keelhalt Fort, uh, Skull Keep, and I think it was Skull Keep. I can never remember what the, what the top one is called next to Galleon's Grave. For what? Sharkfin Camp, I think. No, is that Sharkfin Camp? That can't be Sharkfin Camp. I can't remember. It's been forever. Actually, I know what I can do. I can actually check and see because the game is running. So I can just run over there and actually see what the fort is. But it was uh, Keelhauled Fort. It was Crow's Nest Outpost. And it was um, Sharkfin Camp, which were the, the ones that were the original ones. Now with uh, the way things are, uh, Sharkfin Camp is now part of the new forts that can be uh, the Fort of Fortune. Originally, it was just a few of them. You couldn't get access to all of them but now that's actually possible and i'm getting totally distracted because as i looked on the map in in on my server there's a there's a reaper's chest that's chilling out at dagger tooth outpost and uh, i'm going to put a little mark on that on the map and keep an eye on that see if that disappears or if uh, somebody actually goes and turns it in i'm in the middle of the bottom of the fort just racking up mile or in the bottom of the map just racking up miles as i sail in a circle because i figure if i'm going to be live if i'm going to be recording the podcast and talking to you at the same time, why not take advantage of it, throw up Sea of Thieves, uh, put down a voyage and start earning some miles for the sake of it, because I didn't get a chance to sail that much this weekend, more's the pity. Next up in the patch notes, let's talk about Emissary Trade Route Balancing. Uh, if you listened to last week's episode with Caleb and I, uh, we were talking about the value of commodity crates and whether or not it was worth doing them. If it was worth actually playing around with the different routes or just going in a giant circle, uh, the community crates have actually changed uh, this week. So there's new trade routes available. Uh, I was just joking with uh, someone on Twitter that the new trade route is just a, a giant circle. Uh, Scullyeth in in uh, the on on Twitter actually put out a really nice kind of um, Merfolk's lullaby, which is the part of the the uh, Merfolk's lullaby dot com forward slash map forward slash trade dash routes. Uh, if you want to go over there, I'll actually put a link to this in the show notes if you want to check it out. But it shows all of the trade routes for high value uh, surplus and sought after uh, items in the game. This is just kind of a nice way to help people know what's in, in demand at which outpost. Again, if you're going to be committing to the commodities, uh, then these then just go in a big circle like Caleb said. It's It probably makes the most sense. But that being said, uh, let's talk about how the cost and surplus has actually been reduced. Based on my experience so far, the commodities have been extremely neutered. Uh, when they were out in the game, it was very lucrative to actually get these. It was really nice. They did a balance run on it and reduced the value of them. They've since done another balancing of them and have kind of nerfed it into the ground it's still a good way to get ranking if you're trying to get your grade up uh it's kind of a bummer that they did this before the actual merchant portion of the reapers versus the world event going on right now kind of a bummer but i i can't really blame them as i can see this being uh, abused for the people that have a lot of time to be able to work on this it would really kind of take precedent uh over doing anything else in the game especially with like the fort of fortune up and stuff so they did put into the show notes that each outpost now offers a wider range of surplus stock for purchase. 
the cost of purchasing commodity crates has been reduced along with the reward when sold. So they basically offered more things at a surplus and uh, reduced the cost to kind of balance out basically how easy it is just to get like one or two things that are really high value and then turning those in efficiently. Um, crates in surplus at an outpost will now sell at a lower price than regular crates. So now it actually makes sense to see like what's a surplus. Uh, resource and commodity crate limits. This is, uh, I'm, I'm going to have to see how this actually goes, but it, it seems like they're addressing the fact that even the two and a half to three days that it took for the time to be able to buy a resource crate and commodity crates in the game, uh, that's now changed. Uh, it is now every five in-game days. So one day is 24 minutes, five days, you're looking at what, two and a half hours, I think is what it is. So we'll see how that goes. Hopefully it's not bad. Uh, the, the actual patch notes say the crew limit on purchasing resource or commodity crates has changed. Crews can now only purchase one of each crate from any given outpost during every five in-game days. Uh, there's a little bit of note here that's just talking. I'm not quite sure. Uh, this is a little side note, but Steam invite notifications should be able to be displayed or disabled on-screen no notifications when receiving uh, Steam invites from players. Nice. That's awesome. Just glad that they're working on that. Uh, fixed issues. This was um, some of the things that, that people have found. Uh, resource crates, crews with an active merchant alliance voyage or message in a bottle requiring the collection of animal crates are now able to be collected per, or uh, are now able to collect purchased resource and commodity crates from the merchant alliance representatives. I guess if they had a message in a bottle that had you go out and get an animal crate uh, from a merchant alliance and you bought a commodity or resource crate, you weren't able to actually purchase those. That's something that they say has now been fixed. Make sure that you're checking that. Um, the prompt to receive a purchased commodity or storage crate should now appear for all crew members. If a player purchases a crate and then leaves the game, the other crew members, crew members will no longer be able to retrieve the crate, which is interesting. I guess that's a way to kind of prevent people from cheating the system and causing the lockout. Uh, trying to sell a resource crate back to the merchant representative they were purchased from now displays a message explaining they cannot be sold here. The Let's see, the emissary trade routes. Uh, crates of unclassified gemstones should now show the correct text on pickup prompt in the merchant inventory, which is nice. Uh, the crates of ungraded tea should now show the correct text on the pickup prompt and in the merchant inventory. Uh, other than that, it looks like a lot of this is going on. There was some, let's see, known issues. Ranged and melee hit weapon detection in areas of intense action. Players may find themselves firing shots and landing strikes that do not cause damage. I saw a video, uh, thanks to Caleb the other day, where it was a video from the fastest Alliance server takedown. And the gentleman about nine minutes into the video was throwing blender bombs on someone and the person was eating and surviving through it. It definitely seemed like this is a, a situation where uh, they were in, on an old server and the hit registration detection doesn't seem to always work that well on long holding servers. Um, I, I just expect the, the longer a server is up, the more degradation and stability there is on that server, which is generally why I don't like the idea of Alliance servers constantly holding servers for the sake of, of you know, just having a full Alliance. But I, I like to keep the servers fresh and kind of dipping out of them if you need to get the let the server die let it let it move uh let it close out and go onto a new server where it's less uh unstable ahoy there pirates this is the ad for this episode and i did want to let you know if you wanted to avoid these and just get a regular filler you can head over to the patreon there's a special feed just for patrons that get the ad free version if you want to keep listening though i can't say i blame you because this week i want to let you know about loot crate and getting 15 percent off of most crates and crate subscriptions when you use the link and code robots radio in the show notes also you can head over to audiobooks.com get your first three audiobooks for free and that can include any 
to VIP books or use the affiliate link for Green Man Gaming. If you're a PC gamer, you'd like to save money on games. It's one of the benefit of being a PC gamer. Head over to Green Man Gaming. You can get codes for Steam, Epic, any of the different stores that they have deals going on. They have deals going on all the time. And if you plan on buying there, please consider using our affiliate link. All of that goes straight to me through the network. Thank you all so much for everything that you do to support this podcast. It means the world to me and I continue to try and improve the quality and the content for you. With that, Pirates, let's get back to the show. Next up on today's docket, let's dive into Sea of Thieves Origins champion of souls part two uh i just got done reading through the comic uh on the stream i really loved how pen dragon story is actually kind of progressing through the comics um it's something where i think i had always kind of wondered where his story was going to go and if we'd ever kind of find out more about it having that in game is tough to convey well i think the comics are actually a really nice way to kind of dive into that story without relegating too much development time to his story in game um if it were up to me i would love to have all of the story in game but i can understand how hard that can be trying to tell that kind of a story in a live world in sea of thieves and not have it come by as you just kind of sailing from place to place to place kind of like uh the the tall tale that we got when we did actually kind of sail around to find out pendragon kind of going around and doing things um on his own if you head over to comicsology.com you'll be able to search for sea of of thieves origins champion of souls you'll be able to find this uh currently it is available for free so you should be able to pick it up no problem um reading through it it was kind of cool because it actually takes you from the point of Pendragon moving into the Sea of Thieves and uh, cutting down skeletons, but it actually has you start off meeting um, who I actually think is Pendragon's romantic interest, which is uh, Olivia, uh, Madam Olivia in this case. So it's it's kind of nice to see that, you know, he's he still has interest in a family, ideas like that, but it really does come down to him just constantly being driven uh by his his desire for adventure uh he ends up becoming the champion of souls and receiving the sword of souls and along his uh value or along his adventures he gets sent out to keelhall fort where he actually ends up going down into the caverns uh that are apparently below keelhall fort something i didn't ever see or find to hunt down a captain called uh eel eden which as I was reading through this, I had the idea that it would have been really cool if it was actually my captain as captain of Keelhauld, but I guess that's, you know, I'm I'm pushing it there, aren't I? And in that case. So I'm gonna I'm gonna admit that maybe a little too hubris on that on that front. But uh he dies and he actually goes to the Fairy of the Damned where he meets with the ferryman and they have a bit of a discussion. The discussion actually revolves around the fact that the ferryman is helping take care of all the souls that reach him, but he admittedly uh, tells Pendragon that there are souls that are outside of his aid. And Pendragon is actually one of the few people who can actually get those souls to the fairy. And that's kind of when Pendragon realizes that cutting down skeletons is just part of his role. He actually has to go out and free souls that have been trapped in Sea of Thieves as a result of battles and locked away or or been uh, lost and not been able to find their way to the ferry. So the fact that now Pendragon has kind of an altruistic desire beyond just ridding the world of uh, damned skeletons or cursed skeletons is kind of refreshing and kind of gives him the sense of uh, drive that he needed beyond just going out and hunting down skeletons. Um, because of this, he finds out from Madame Olivia that he's kind of a one-man crew here, and if he falls in battle, there's no one really to pick up the mantle and uh, continue on as the champion of souls. So he meets up with Madame Olivia in the tavern, and she actually has sent out letters to different crew members to have them meet up with Pendragon at the tavern. He doesn't really understand like why they're meeting, but it becomes pretty evident early on that he runs into uh, Anna Cavendish, who is the daughter of uh, the the Captain Cavendish that was dispatched in the first comic by Pendragon. 
and actually uh, obtained the Black Witch by that means. So the father-daughter dynamic, that loop has now been closed, and she is now with Pendragon. Uh, sadly, however, in this comic, it becomes clear that Pendragon and his crew now have to go hunt down Grey Morrow. And Grey Morrow is a skeleton lord that we've dealt with in the past. Uh, there's some tall tales revolving around him, but he's actually the one that ends up uh, beaching the Black Witch on Shipwreck Bay. Uh, their battle ensues, um, and Grey Morrow actually uses one of his abilities where he slams the two chests together, but it is so powerful, it ends up causing a huge wake in ocean, forcing the Black Witch to beach on the Shipwreck Bay island. And as such, uh, Grey Morrow um, kind of sails over to the Black Witch, where Pendragon and his crew are now pinned down by the wreckage of the Black Witch, at which point becomes clear that that is where he dies. Um, I'm assuming that that's also where Pendragon is trapped in uh, his soul in the painting of Pendragon in the captain's cabin. And it isn't until Stitcher Jim finds out about being able to release souls that uh, we actually find out that Pendragon is released because Stitcher Jim is trying to get Pendragon to free the soul of Flameheart, whose soul was trapped in his corpse uh, over in the Devil's Roar. It's kind of it's kind of crazy to finally get a little bit of understanding of why the Black Witch was actually uh, beached on Shipwreck Bay. It was something that was always just kind of a weird Easter egg for past games that Rare has made. And they've actually taken the opportunity to, I don't want to say it's retconning because you're not really kind of changing anything in the past, but you are giving more purpose, more canon to the, the story behind the Black Witch at Shipwreck Bay. And I think it's really cool. I think they did a really good job with it. Again, the comics available on Comixology, it's free. Just add it to your cart, download it, read through it, make sure you're picking up the other ones as well. Um, and I'm looking forward to when we actually move into the next issue of this. Uh, I don't know when we'll get that. The first issue was released on the anniversary back on March 12th. It is now in middle of May, so we might hopefully get the next one by July. And if that's the case, I'm hoping that the issue that we do get from uh, or, or in July actually touches upon Grey Marrow um, killing, subsequently killing the crew of the Black Witch and trapping their souls in the chest of rage. I'd be interested to find out if it was actually Grey Morrow that trapped their souls or the crewmate souls in the chest of rage or if that happened some other way. But it's, uh, or no, actually, I'm trying to remember. I think Stitcher Jim was actually the one that killed them. So maybe it was just Pendragon that was killed and put in the painting and the other crew members went off. I'm going to I'm going to have to do a little research. Uh hopefully I'll remember next episode to to dive into that. Next up on today's docket, let's get into the Sea of Thieves ship log or sotshiplog.com. This uh, comes to us courtesy of Chenzo from the Discord server. He has actually built an app for your phone or a web, uh, uh, In or actually, no, I guess it is just the app. But anyway, there is now an app that allows you to log your uh, Sea of Thieves adventures. If you're wondering why this came about, it came down to a lot of the analytics that we tend to get from Rare when they put out their uh, information about how many ships you've sunk, how many chests you've turned in, how many miles you've sailed. All of those things are really fun to see. And for whatever reason, it always feels like uh, some of the information doesn't quite line up with what you've been tracking in the game when you actually do it. So Chenzo wanted to take that challenge and see if he could develop an app that you could use that actually gave you access to tools to actually record all of that information. So on sotshiplog.com, if you head over there, you'll see the information about how to get the Sea of Thieves uh, log app. And the little blurb here says, the Sea of Thieves ship log is a web app that you can use on your phone or in your browser to manually track the number of ships you've sunk or record when you've defeated a Kraken or Megalodon. Mark the times you've completed a skeleton fleet or a fort of the damned, all with a simple click of a button. The last 15 events that were logged 
on the website actually uh, are kind of funny because it's the crew of the Dirty Badget completed a Fort of Fortune on May 9th, 2021 at 12.40 p.m. Uh, the crew of the, the Dirty Badger sank a galleon. The crew of a Dirty Badger sank a galleon. And then there's like uh, earlier on yesterday, the crew of the Black Rose uh, sank a brig. The crew of the Black Rose sank a brig. The crew of the Black Rose completed uh complete off <laughs> the message him about this uh the flame heart fleet defeated a megalodon uh completed a skeleton stronghold and then sank another brig so you can actually add a, a discord um bot if you want to actually have the bot record it in your discord say if you want to have a set channel to actually record all this information but this is kind of a nice way to manu manually like check off the things that you do each voyage so if you don't really trust that the uh, analytics that rare is giving you because you're sailing with different crews or sailing on different uh actual uh services that aren't c collecting that analytics data properly then this is kind of a fun way to take it in your own hands and use this website to actually uh access the the tools that you'd want to be able to log this stuff down so uh, thanks to Chenzo for sharing it on the Discord server, and I wanted to make sure I gave it uh, some time in the podcast because he did spend a lot of time. He did a lot of testing with the Keelhauled community members, and I really appreciate that they were working on that. As such, they're also doing Sherpa in the community Discord for Keelhauled as well, too. So if you're looking for a crew to learn the ropes with or sail around with, uh, use the Find a Sherpa tool in, in the channel for the, the Keelhauled Discord community member. Uh, to to be able to actually go in there, say that you want to sign up uh, for a time to be able to sail with a Sherpa, they'll get you onto a ship and help you with any questions that you might have about the game, uh, train you up, give you any kind of uh, heads up that you might be looking for that isn't present in the game currently. Next up on today's docket, let's talk about another podcast, the SOT podcast, or more importantly, the hashtag SOT podcast. Uh, we have been waiting for the next episode of SOT podcast or Sea Thieves podcast, the official Sea Thieves podcast, uh, episode two for a while now. Um, the first one came out, oh gosh, when was that? That was back on April 14th that we got the last one. And now we're getting closer to May 14th, where it looks like they might be coming every four weeks, uh, hopefully, if that's the case. But uh, X-Ray Lex on Twitter uh, messaged out and said, I could be wrong, but aren't we due another Sea of Thieves uh, podcast any day now? And Sea of Thieves actually responded. Uh, they say, we're confident saying that we're now closer to the release of episode two than episode one, even if we don't have an exact date to share. Um, I really don't know why they're waiting so long on this. Uh, obviously, with my podcast, I try to get it out on a weekly uh, rotation so that you guys have news going in. And I can't imagine that they would want to spend more than an hour or an hour and a half diving into all of the feedback that has been given by SOT Podcast. Uh, the last one being just earlier today uh, from, let's see, what is this, Kratex? Why haven't we gotten any PvP changes for over a year now? PvP is a huge part of the game, yet it seems like you don't care about it at all. The PvE content you push is okay, but we need something for PvP too. We've been using the same mechanics for so long long and while i can understand where they're coming from a lot of the mechanics that we have for pvp were actually introduced in pve content and were just kind of added to it so i think that's a situation where the pvp just comes as a result of pve content we haven't had major sea of thieves content beyond the fort of fortune so i'm not sure Maybe you could expand upon uh, what type of PvP mechanics you're asking for so that we have an idea, like looking at it, what kind of, I mean, you're bored with PvP, but what do you want to actually make PvP more fun? We already have things like mega kegs, blunder bombs, fire bombs, things like that. You know, hatchet comes to mind, but I don't know about the balancing on that. Uh, I'm, I'm just kind of curious, like, where would you go from there? If I actually go back and look at some of the uh, pad, uh, past SOT podcast hashtags. And bear in mind, if you're listening to this, I am using the hashtag SOT podcast. If, if they're not going to be able to capture all of it, I want to try and actually dig into some of these as well, too. So um, there's been very little use of this. And I think a lot of that is just due to the nature of them only releasing 
uh, the one episode now. If they can get into a quicker cadence, I think a lot more people are going to be jumping on this. Um, but just looking at some of these, uh, let's see, SOT podcast are the forums, the only place the team look for reports of bugs and suggestions for new content slash ease of use changes, etc. Are or are other online channels monitor too? Best way to at least let a team member hear your idea, even if they end up not liking it. Um, Chorus of Oddities, who who came in with that one. I can tell you right now for sure that they listen to podcasts. They listen to streamers. They look at Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, every single medium that they uh, are present on. They check and, and send those ideas as well as feedback and bug reports, too. Um, if it's specifically a bug, I would definitely recommend if you're on Twitter, uh, adding the SOT support handle to be able to fill out the form to actually report, uh, the, the issue that you're running into. So I'm hoping it feels like we're getting close to the next episode. I would guess that we're going to be getting it this month. I don't know exactly when this month, but I would imagine that at some point during, uh, the, the next couple of weeks, we'll probably hear something from them in regards to this. All right. Before we finish up the episode here, I did want to remind you all about the Twitch drops that are still going on as of recording this. Uh, today is May 10th. We are now on the 4th Twitch drop that is available. This is the Gilded Phoenix Belt. Hopefully you've been watching Sea of Thieves streamers, uh, the partners to get your Gilded Jacket, your Phoenix Boots, your Drum Show Off emote, and of course, as of this recording, the Phoenix Belt, and then tomorrow will be the Phoenix Eye Patch. Uh, as we know, there should be another set of these coming uh, in the future, and that you guys will hopefully be able to um, stay on top of the, the daily check-ins to make sure that you're getting all of your gilded phoenix cosmetics uh the other thing that i wanted to remind you about is the prime gaming if you are an amazon prime uh member you can get access to the prime gaming rewards i believe this week is the um ruby splash tail wheel which is from the emporium it's really hideous I, I don't know why people would want to actually use this but it's something that you can you can get if you want it if you want a free cosmetic and you don't want to have to pay for it you can totally head over to prime gaming uh let's see what is the website for this let's see if i can find the website i can't find the website i'm an idiot but on may 3rd uh we got the we got the Ruby Splash Tail wheel pack. Um, the Night Wolf Hull was available earlier. The next Prime Gaming uh, reward starts up on May 17th. So keep an eye on that website for that. And then there's one more on May 31st as well, too. So there's two more, uh, not including the Ruby Splash Tail wheel that you can pick up through Twitch Prime Gaming. So make sure you're getting these free cosmetics. You may not have these. You may not want to buy them. You may not actually want them at all, but still go and actually claim them because the, there's nothing worse than missing out on free stuff at this point, especially if they're just going to be taking it out of Jeff Bezos's pocket and giving it to you. Just make sure you do it. Okay. All right, Pirates, that's going to do it for this episode of Keelhauled. I did have one review uh, that I grabbed off of Chartable. Um, did want to thank Tonka Dump Truck via the Apple Podcasts uh, back on the 13th of April, which I don't believe I actually got to. So I just want to thank you. If I did get it, get to you, thank you again. But they came in with a five-star review, says, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to create an original podcast for such a great game. It's inspiring. Uh, Tonka Dump Truck. Thank you for playing the game and supporting it as always and listening to the podcast. I'm glad that I was able to help uh, put out content for you to keep you guys entertained while you enjoy the game. Um, I had a lot of good feedback from the last episode with Caleb. Even though this episode, uh, that episode was four hours long, a lot of you reached out and said that you really enjoyed the uh, the conversation between us. He and I really just have a good time playing. I haven't gotten a chance to actually talk to him in the last couple of days that well, but uh, I'm sure that at some point he and I will actually get a chance to sail again. And whenever there's a new event uh, that comes out, I'm sure that he will actually have some thoughts on it and we'll be able to jump on to talk about that as well. I know that for sure, as soon as that episode came out last week, he was really upset because some of the things that we had actually talked about in that episode got totally changed on that Thursday. So he was even talking about how the ocean, the Azure Ocean Crawler cosmetics are now comparable to the normal Ocean Crawler ones. And the same with the Blackout uh, Black Coat Ed, uh, Executive Admiral set. So <laughs> it's just really funny. 
uh, how it seems like the things that we talk about in this podcast uh, end up getting fixed right after we record, which to be perfectly honest, compared to other podcasts where they will they will completely do an entire episode and the the next day the company that they are covering content for will actually put out a post totally giving a, a ton of information and they totally miss out on all of that news and have to sit for an entire week to actually cover that news or they have to go back and actually sit through and re-record an entire episode just to be able to get that news out for uh people that week and i i hand it to anyone that does that I can't imagine how painful that must be to have to constantly be on the edge of your seat, refreshing news pages to make sure that while you're recording, you are not missing out on breaking news. One of the benefits of doing stuff on Sunday is that I can definitely tell you nothing major happens on Sundays. Stuff will happen on Mondays, maybe Tuesdays, but usually it's not too big and usually not uh, something that you're unaware of uh, going into it. Not always correct, but at least when it does happen, it's not too bad. But Pirates, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you to everyone that showed up for the live stream and dropped in to say hello. I really appreciate you. Uh, DeShaven, uh, T- TV, Beef Child, uh, Scrams, thank you all so much for just kind of dropping in saying hi. You didn't have to, but I appreciated it. And anyone that's listening to this, uh, thank you all so much for jumping in. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can always reach me on Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. You can always email me at C-A-P-T L-O-G-U-N and uh, let me know what you thought. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm pretty sure that I got a uh, email in from someone who's actually over in Taiwan. And they sent me, uh, let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Yep. They sent me an email. This uh, came in from Captain Genlit uh, from Taipei, Taiwan. Uh, It says, hi, Captain Logan. Thought you might like to know that you were met in Taiwan this morning on Barnacle K and dispatched with great haste on Insiders. Took a quick screenshot on my phone and will discreetly send this to you. Uh, Possible code of conduct violations be damned. Thank you for all you do on the podcast. I'm a regular listener. Best regards. So I, <laughs> I really love this. Unfortunately, because of insiders, I can't post the photo, uh, but I did appreciate the fact that uh, that I was I was able to be found in there. Um, I even had a couple of people reach out on Twitter recently and in the Discord sharing their photos of me. Again, if you share a photo with me somewhere, doesn't matter where, but if you send me a photo of you killing my captain, I will do my best to shout it out on the podcast or at least get it uh, put up on Twitter so that other people can see you killing my skeleton. I love when you guys do it. I think it's hilarious that you're killing my skeleton for gold. And if I can get you closer to cosmetics that you like, it means the world to me. So thank you all so much for that. And pirates, with that, I love you. And I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves. in keeping up with all the latest gaming news but you're just too busy well i've got the podcast for you the robots radio show is a daily gaming news show where i bring you in a quick format all the top news about video games nerd culture and even the best deals you can find the robots radio show on spotify and apple and all the different podcatchers and you can join me live twitch.tv slash robots radio at around noon eastern every day come talk about game stuff with me again that's the robots radio show Available everywhere. Looking for a Fallout audio drama? It's True Vault Escapades. That's right, follow the death-defying adventures of Detective Walter Camry and his vault girl Bunny as they solve the Wasteland's biggest mysteries. From the dramatic Texas prologue to the high-stakes world of New Vegas, Walter and Bunny risk it all to crack everything from murders, slaver syndicates, and corruption at the highest level in post-nuclear America. True Vault Escapades. It's a Fallout show with a detective twist. Look for True Vault Escapades wherever you get your podcasts.